Here's two things. One is, I know I was longer than 10 minutes, but we all knew I was going to be that. Um, so I apologise. Second thing is this. Uh, what we've tried to do is get different people, as we look at this inward, outward, together. Each week we'll be doing two and the last week we'll be doing three talks and we'll have different people sharing who we've invited because we just felt actually, just because of what we've noticed in how they live their lives, they've got something to add into who we are uh, as a community. And so the first person we've asked to share is Abby. Abby has only ever shared once before I can think of in terms of Oasis. Therefore, this is a big moment. It's always a moment where you feel a little bit nervous, apprehensive. Therefore, I think it's really important that we both honor the one who's coming to share of themselves. And also we have that sense of, God, I want to receive everything that they have to offer. So can I ask us just to do it in a cultural way that we would do, which is applaud. Let's honor Abby. Thank you. That's a really kind start. Um, I am a primary school teacher, and usually when I get up to talk, there's definitely no clapping, so that's a really nice way to start. Thank you. I'm going to look at study this morning. Um, I wanted to call this talk, This Is Not A Guilt Trip, and I didn't know if that was allowed, so that is the unofficial title of this talk, but I think it fits really nicely with what Adrian's just said. So uh, we're going to look at studying the Bible, and we're going to start out with Psalm 1. Um, which says this, the first part of Psalm 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit, its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I really like this um, psalm, and I love the fact that it starts with talking about being like a tree that's planted, and that it bears fruit in season, because we go through different seasons, don't we? And we're talking about the Bible today, and we're all probably at different places with the Bible. Some of us might be new to it, and we've never read it before, and we don't really know anything about it. Some of us might be self-confessed theology geeks, and we absolutely love the Bible, and we've read it cover to cover many times. I imagine that most of us are probably in the middle somewhere. Um, we also go through different seasons in our life. So for me, there have been seasons where every time I read the Bible, it seems to be amazing, and God's speaking to me, and it's incredible, and I think, wow, God, you're just so great. There are times when I've read the Bible when it's been confusing and I don't really get it and I think, what on earth is going on here? Um, and if, if I'm honest, there have been times when I've been a bit mad at God and I just wanted to chuck the whole thing out the window. So I just want to say, wherever you're at today, that's okay, that's fine. So this is not a guilt trip, but hopefully we're going to leave inspired and encouraged just to dig into God's word for ourselves again. So we're going to look at three things together. We're going to start by looking at what is the Bible. Um, then we're going to look at why should we read the Bible. And we're just going to finish with some tips and tools to help us at the end. So I hope that sounds okay. Um, we're going to start with what is the Bible. And it's always good to start with a few fun facts, isn't it? So the Bible is not one book. In fact, it's a collection of 66 books. We've got 39 books in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is all the stuff before Jesus was born. Um, we've got 27 books in the New Testament, which starts when Jesus was born and all the stuff afterwards. Um, I found this out recently. I didn't know, but there were over 40 different authors that wrote the Bible, which is amazing. And it was written over a period of about 1,500 years. The Bible's also composed of loads of different genres. So we've got stories, poems, eyewitness accounts, songs, proverbs, letters, and prophecies. So it's quite a complex uh, text 
for us to dig into. It's also really important that we know that the Bible was written to specific people uh, in a particular time and place. So they had particular things going on in their own culture, in their um, social life, in their political life, and that's what the Bible was written for. So the writers of the Bible were wanting to address those things for those particular people. And it's important for us to know that the writers share, assumed a shared understanding with their original readers that we just don't have because we weren't in that time 1,500 years ago. Um, we don't know, well, more than 1,500 years ago, over that time period of 1,500 years, that's what I mean. Um, so sometimes it can come across as a bit confusing and we can think, what's going on here? I don't really understand. It wasn't really written for us in the first instance. So it kind of leaves us with this big question is the Bible still relevant to us? Is, is it just old-fashioned? Does it really make any sense for us today? I want to have a look at this quote by a lady called Rachel Held Evans, and she says this, the Bible's original readers may not share our culture, but they share our humanity. And I really like that way of looking at it. So the stories in the Bible speak to a lot of the same questions that we have. Um, so the people in the Bible are asking things like, why do bad things happen to good people? Will evil and death prevail? What does it mean to be chosen by God? Can God be trusted? Is God good? What does it mean to live well? So those are all questions that we are living with today. So the Bible has stood the test of time. It might not be our culture. It might not say anything about you know, how long you should spend on the internet or anything like that, but it does address those really deep questions that we need to know about. There's a really well-known Bible scholar called N.T. Wright, and he talks about the Bible in this way. He said that, he said that it's a five-act play in which we're invited to improvise the final unfinished act, and that we faithfully take part in the drama by entering into the narrative, the story, and seeing how our stories intersect with the grander epic of God's redemption around the world. I think that's amazing. I think I want to be part of that. I want to find out how my story intersects with God's massive plan of redemption. I think that's really amazing. And it just inspires me to dig into the word. There's another Bible scholar called Peter Enns, and he talks about um, the Bible being uh, inviting us. It's an invitation on a quest to find wisdom. The thing about the Bible is it's not an instruction book. It's not a science text. It's not a recipe book that we can just follow all the steps in order and come out with something amazing. It inspires us towards wisdom. It helps us to understand um, this vast and mysterious God can't be put into a box. Uh, he doesn't always do things in the same way we know. He can't be contained in one text. But it also helps us to mature and to grow and to understand that he's trustworthy and that he's faithful, and that he loves us. And it reminds me of the um, well-known C.S. Lewis quote where he says, God isn't safe, but he is good. And I think the Bible is, is like that for us. So we've had a look at the big picture of the Bible and what the Bible is. So I'd like us just to now spend a couple of minutes looking at some specific ways that the Bible can help us. So firstly, um, it's really encouraging. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing that most people in this room at the moment are trusting God for something that's going on in their lives, whether it's a financial thing or relationship or a job or something that you're working on. I know that there is stuff in my life that I need to trust God with. And 
the Bible is really encouraging because it's full of stories about people just like us who needed to trust God, and it shows how God came through for them. So I just want to encourage you, if you, if you need some encouragement today, go back into the Bible and dig into God's promises because it will make you feel good. The second thing I want to say is that knowing the truth sets us free. So that's actually a Bible verse, John 8, 32. Um, when we know what's true, it brings us a massive amount, amount of freedom. We've already heard this morning about living in our identity, knowing who we really are. It brings us freedom. It, it helps us to know that we're accepted and that we're loved and that we're secure. And then we get to live out of all that good stuff. Um, again, if you, if you want to dig into that a bit more and you find out who God says you are, I just want to encourage you to have a look at the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters. Uh, I know that we um, talked in, in Oasis, we had a preaching series on that, didn't we, a while ago. So uh, maybe go and listen to that again. But knowing who you are is going to bring you a real sense of freedom. The third thing that I want to talk about is the Bible helps us to voice our emotions. To be whole and healthy people, we really need to be honest about where we're at. We need to be honest about how we feel and we need to process that properly. And the Bible really helps us to do that. So again, if you, if you want to do that, if you feel like you're in a place you need to do that, start with the book of Psalms. Every emotion imaginable is in that book. Um, and it'll make you feel better at least that somebody else felt the way that you feel. And the fourth thing I want to mention is that the Bible helps us to pray more effectively. There's this brilliant verse in Jeremiah that I think will just pop up on the screen. I really love this verse. It says, this is God speaking, and he says, It's not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that smashes a rock to pieces. And often when we pray... Um, we can be praying and we can be asking God about stuff that's hard in our lives. So maybe it's an addiction or maybe it's a, a relationship that's really tough or maybe you're in need of a job. And I love to have this picture of when I pray of God's word being like a hammer that comes and smashes that rock in pieces. And so often when I pray, I say, God, but you said, you said you'd provide for me. You said, God, that you love me. And so I'm going to stand in the good of that. And so knowing what God's, God's word says really helps us when we pray. And it gives us faith so that we're praying God's word, that he's going to help us, that he's going to answer us. Because he's true and he's faithful to his word. So I want to just finish um, by talking about some tips and tools uh, that can help us to read the Bible. So I'm going to start with a few tips for you. So the first one is ask questions when you come to the Bible. The brilliant thing about being a Christian is that it does take faith, that's true, but God doesn't ask us to switch off our minds and become completely irrational and weird. We can ask questions about things that seem um, strange to us or that we're not sure about. We can ask the Holy Spirit, we can ask other people, we can read books. So ask questions when you come to read the Word. The second tip I've got for you is look out for anything that's repeated. So it might be a word that's repeated and you think, oh man, that that's comes up a lot in the Bible, I wonder why that is. It might be a phrase that repeated or it might be a setting that's repeated. Um, recently, someone pointed out to me that there are loads of gardens in the Bible and I thought, oh, that's cool, I never thought of that before. And um, there was this theologian called Cheryl John Bridges and she showed how uh, there's a garden in the Garden of Eden and then there's also a garden when Jesus comes back to life in the resurrection. So Mary meets Jesus in a garden. And she just looked at how those two um, compare to each other. So, for example, the Garden of Eden is set in the evening and the resurrection garden is set in the morning. In the Garden of Eden, you've got Adam and Eve hiding away from God in their shame. But in the resurrection, 
God and you've got Mary clinging to Jesus in delight. In the Garden of Eden, you have got um, Adam and Eve being sent out and sent away. Um, They're cursed and they're sent out of the garden. But in the resurrection garden, you've got Mary who's blessed by Jesus and commissioned to go and tell everyone the good news. And so for me, I just thought that was amazing how like Jesus took everything that went wrong in the Garden of Eden and made it right again. So just looking and comparing those two settings in the Bible, I just thought, wow, that's, that's incredible. So go and look that stuff up for yourself because it's really, it will just really bless you. Um, the third thing I want to say in terms of tips is I just want to look at this thing called Lexio Divina. It's a really just fancy way of saying good reading. And there are four things um, that are helpful to go through. So if you haven't read the Bible for a while or if it's your first time getting into it, I just want to recommend four steps that you might want to take. So the first one is to get hold of a passage and just read it. Read it slowly, read it prayerfully. Think about anything that sticks out to you. The second step would be to meditate. So really think about what's going on in the passage. That may be a, a time when you want to ask questions or imagine that you're in the story. How would you feel in that story? The third step would be to pray. So talk to God about what you've read. If you've got questions, ask him. And the final step would be to comp- contemplate. So just think again and just spend a minute out, just, just like we sometimes do in worship. Just take some quiet time out, just a couple of minutes, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you've just read. So I'm going to end now with just some resources to recommend for you, um, some, some tools that might be helpful to you when you come to the Bible. So online, there are two websites, one called biblegateway.com and one called biblehub.com. I use those all the time just to look up um, either a word or a phrase or something I think, oh, I think that's in the Bible. I'm not quite sure. I just type it in and it'll, it'll uh, show me if I'm right or not. Um, And then, especially if you're new to the Bible, I want to recommend a book called How to Read the Bible Book by Book by Stuart and Fee. It's really helpful. It just goes through different books in the Bible. And like we talked about before, the history of the Bible is very different to ours. So it'll just give you a bit of insight into what was going on at the time and that can really help you. Um, They wrote another book as well, the same author's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. That that one's a bit more in-depth. And then... There are also some, a series of commentaries called The Bible for Everyone by Tom Wright. So I um, quoted him earlier. Sometimes he goes by the name N.T. Wright when he's being a bit fancier. And then when he's a bit more readable, he's Tom Wright. Um, but he's great. So I definitely recommend any of those commentaries. And then I just wanted to end, uh, end with three books that are really helpful if you're somebody who's got loads of questions about the Bible. So if you're thinking that doesn't make sense or does it contradict itself or why is there loads of violence in the Old Testament, there are three books that I want to really um, recommend for you. So the first is called The Blue Parakeet by a guy called Scott McKnight. Um, The second one is called What is the Bible by Rob Bell. And then the final one is Inspired by Rachel Held Evans. And that final book actually just came out this week, and it's really great. Um, So I hope that's been really helpful to you. I hope that's inspired you and encouraged you just to dig into the Bible for yourself. And I think I've made 10 minutes. So, there you go.